Welcome to part two of this special edition of the Ninja Tune podcast, where we rejoin Dave Akumu from The Invisible, interviewed by Ed O'Brien from Radiohead. They go on to speak about spirituality, how Radioheads have maintained their position in the industry, Ed's thoughts on the Invisible album Patience, and more of the music that's been an influence over the years. And if you haven't already, make sure you grab part one of this fascinating discussion. because it is sort of let out into the world and it kind of yeah. there's the possibility of connecting with people in any way and when you have those examples of people who've been prepared to take those risks to allow that to happen um, it's it's a really it's it does actually change your life I'd be a different person if I hadn't had those experiences and, and those examples set before me yeah and the, I, I, I mean I by the sounds of it you need childhood wasn't plain sailing no yeah no. and I had a very similar experience on my childhood I mean I'm happier now than I've ever been sure you know and the great thing about music is that it rescues you it's that thing that makes you feel less alone but what you also realize I don't know if you found this I found this thing about you know a few years ago is that actually you know that there you go through a stage I went through a stage in my teens and my 20s and I'm like I'm angry I'm like, and like angry I, guy yeah well, well yeah no and that's actually that's not necessarily true I had anger that was suppressed you sure. know, from my childhood mm. so I thought being in the best band in the world and having the love of a good woman that's the thing that's going to solve all my problems mm -hmm. well you know I get to the third record with us and I, and I, I think we've made just an amazing record that I'm so proud of I'm and we're, we're and people are kind of saying it's really good as well mm. and you know and you you know so you can buy a little little house and mm. you know and 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 actually it made it worse you know I'm mm. suddenly like oh well, hang on a sec oh god so it doesn't cure it and actually you feel in it it puts a spotlight so it's good in a way because you deal with the stuff or whatever sure, you've got the processing it. but when you get to that point like you are thankful for that journey that you've had and that journey has been there for a reason. That mm. journey, I mean, I had a, one of those moments in Glastonbury three years ago. Six, um, Glastonbury for me is like carnival. It's, I mean, for me, it's the mo for my wife and I, it's like, 
you know, it's so important, and mm. I always have a very, very strong, and I'm, you know, a whole but very strong spiritual kind of Glastonbury will be Glastonbury. It's, yeah. it's, it's the opening of hearts. It's the meeting of the meeting of the tribes of the north, the south, the east, and the west. Yeah. It's extraordinary. And the exchanges that you have with people, and it's it's very, very powerful. So about six o'clock in the morning, I heard this piece of music that I hadn't heard since I was 12 years old. <laughs> For me, music really went into focus at 12 years old. Because right. It was that moment when I felt so alone. I felt so kind of like, um, yeah, alone. Mm. And music made me, and this piece of music was on a record that helped me, was just one of those key rocks in my life. And I went back to that kid who was 12 years old. and, and came back from Glastonbury for about three days after, I realized that there was no coincidence about that. Sure. There was, I mean, I had to go and I had to process, because I hadn't, you know, I'd locked that 12-year-old kid away. Mm. And I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not denigrating, but I do it myself. I don't have to do it with somebody helping me. I don't have to do it with the council. I just do yeah. it. It's just like, oh, okay, I understand there's a reason for this. So yeah. you sit in it and you get to that place when you go, oh my God, I'm so thankful. I mean, mm. I would probably not have been a musician if I hadn't been the lonely kid who mm. always felt on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I might not have seemed like I was on the outside, sure. but I I mean, maybe all kids feel like that. Maybe we all feel like that. And maybe that's the great thing about music that I know, we know that it is. It's one of the mm. things that what I think art is making music for me is if you can make people feel less alone and part of, you know, a brother and sisterhood of the world saying, you're okay no you are okay you mm. might for particularly nowadays when this world is in such a bizarre so so weird, so, so weird. <laughs> and there's so much upheaval mm. and 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 how many people are sitting there on their own going you know what i feel so lost i feel so lost amongst this storm because you know everybody's seemingly going along going oh this is you know there's a, there's a, there's a, there's there's something there's there's something that's not quite right in the middle, and and we, we as a as a species we're kind of you know we're a little bit we're not a little bit we're very very lost and, we're and sea, aren't we, we yeah. you know you and many musicians and many people have a sense of that you feel it within you that's why people are unhappy there's a lot of mm. pain but if you can say no it's all right to feel lost. You are absolutely right. You are right that you feel shit after spending four hours playing a video game or a, you know, your night, yeah. you know. That's because you're not meant to be doing that yeah. and you've just been blowing, you've been shooting people up for six, you know, the last six <laughs> hours on your screen. I mean, you know, it's extraordinary all the stuff that's going on. So I've digressed again. But, Good digression, but, necessary but, but digression. The, but, but the point is that these, you, we get these beacons, we get these things, don't mm. we? As, and, and, and like as musicians, and what's interesting, you know, that, 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 that validates what I feel, you follow your heart mm. and you follow these nuggets and you go, these things are so powerful. And maybe it's not just because you were the eighth child that you did this, you were meant to do this, sure, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and you were meant to have this, you know, to respond sensitively to your environment mm. and it all plays a part you know being you know being feeling a feeling the outsider in vienna it, all, it helps you as a writer to know it's deep in your dna going like this is part of what i'm here to do absolutely my goodness like yeah it's so it's so important to have that sense of like the validity of every aspect of, yeah. of what you pass through because i suppose that's that's where 
kind of a sense of peace and the grounding can come from that you know also you know it's what I find it really interesting what you're saying it's something that's come up a lot recently I feel like um, yeah we are in this bizarre time where um, there's so much isolation and a kind of yeah on one level the kind of unawareness of it because of yeah. how the modes function and you know how much distraction there is or whatever and maybe that was there was always a version of this I don't know but it does feel like every time has its unique set of challenges and um, but you do get this sense of, of like a kind of um, you know people existing in this kind of like really sort of embedded isolated state and what comes with that is a sense of not um, because people aren't connecting as much as they need to yeah. and having a dialogue and, and a broad conversation about what it means to be a human being and the fact that there are shit times and great yeah. times and you know you, you lose these skills to even be able to communicate about that stuff and it changes your relationship to, to that and I, for me it's always been very important to be able to embrace the bad times and see the validity of them and actually how that takes you somewhere you yeah. know um, and I think yeah, like you say, um, expression has a, a unique way of, of actually bringing that together. So it comes from um, from that, yeah, Celtic. This, yes, yeah. exactly that book, okay, Anamkara. Yeah. yeah, exactly, which is great. But it's really interesting because if we're talking about the times um, at the moment, we're living in, in a time that is so spiritually bereft. Mm. I mean, everything—the answer to everything—can be found in, you know, everything material. And there's nothing wrong with an element of that. But sure. we've gone way, we the way balance out of is balance, way out of balance. Yeah. And it's interesting because for me, when it all started to make sense, and I'm not going to go too deep on this because, you know, you, I don't want to reveal too much of myself, sure. but the world, the, the world of the invisible, all the stuff that we can't see, you know, yeah. in our spectrum, yeah. we can only see a certain amount of frequencies, likewise hearing, but there's a whole other world out there yeah. as well. And I think that that, that for me, understanding investigating that which has been something that people have been doing for thousands of years sure. and you know that connection with source or god or whatever you want to call it i mean I, just reading your liner notes it's mm. really 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 refreshing for a musician who's who's brought up or who's essentially English speaking. I mean, I know yeah. you're, you know, you've got Kenyan. Have you got a British passport now? Or is it? I do you now, do? yeah. Okay. I've, I've naturalized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm natural, guys. It's okay. I you're listening to a natural person here. Do you, do you have two passports? Are you allowed to I do, yeah, Kenyan? yeah. Nice. Luckily, okay. yeah. For a while you couldn't, but now I can. So but that's what's great. really nice is somebody who I, you know, I re massively respect as a musician, a human being. 
but you put in your acknowledgement, the first thing you put is God. And yeah. it's really interesting this because I've got this theory. So I've had, I'm going to name drop here. I had an <laughs> evening with Kanye West Ooh. about four years ago. Yeah. In, in Rio in Carnival. It wasn't Whoa. like that. Yeah. So he wasn't really interested in me at all. <laughs> Not at all. I sat there for like three hours and he wasn't like, and I tried everything. I was like, I thought the guys, and I said, you know, I said, what, what are you writing with? And stuff mm, like that mm. and stuff like that. And he'd go, oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's not interested. Yeah. His wife's even less interested in me. <laughs> it's just a mutual friend put us together for an evening. Anyway, so the one thing that I did, did kind of, he, he, he went, no. So I said to him, I said, I said, um, if you asked, pretty much, if you asked any British musician whether they, in inverted commas, believed in God, I tell you that 99% of them would say, don't be stupid, of course not. Yeah. And it blew his mind. He was right. like, you can't, he was like, I'm done. You cannot be serious. <laughs> no, you cannot be serious. You cannot be serious, man. <laughs> he, he was John McEnroe for a moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Max out. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, I mean, for me, it's, I guess it's it's been really important because I grew up like in very material Oxford in terms of you know everything Oxford University and everything is you know everything has to be substantiated everything has to be proved yeah, empirically yes. yeah. there's no kind of well you say well hang on a sec but yeah. we haven't got them we haven't got the tools to measure this stuff yes. but for me life turned around when I had an extraordinary, and I mean extraordinary in proper sense of the word, a spiritual experience that was, you know, that I still to this day haven't been able to tell my dad. Right. Because, you know, he's a man, he's a, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, dad. If you're ever going to tune and download know. this podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean in the sense that it was unmistakable. And I had this experience and I was lying there, and it was in the middle of the night, it was in Brazil. Mm. And we went to see, I went to see this healer, right? Uh, a, a while back and and I started giggling like a kid because after the shot and I thought I was just like, oh my god yeah. magic does exist oh my goodness it was yeah. such a strong profound thing so that that for me was like my ground zero day right probably a bit like you know and I, I get great source from people like you know when you when you see the way that George Harrison and the Beatles people who've mm. had similar you know who've had you know I, 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 I'm not a Hare Krishna but my my sense of you know, uh, and I still find it hard to say God because mm. God is such a, you know, where I grew up with it was such a negative because I sure. guess it was hand in hand with the religion, which is yes. altogether different, yeah, which is yeah, about yeah. on whole controlling yeah. people yeah, yeah. and the masses. Yeah. But this idea of source and 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 source God, you know, the 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 the, the, the universal life force, whatever this thing, it's so powerful. It's such a, mm. and it's really interesting that you know I really love the fact that you put that there, and I think that's also. I mean, not like that we we ever talk about this stuff. We've never had this conversation no, before. No. But it's that thing that makes, you know, it doesn't make sense of it, but it gives you a greater understanding. And, and it's it's almost, it's, it's uh, there's this great book called The Secret Teaching of All Ages mm. by a, a gentleman called Manly P. Hall, who I've just finished re re reading it. 
it was written in the, the early 20th century, and it's about basically a compendium of he's this American chap, a scholar, very much like an American Aldous Huxley, who's compiled and put all this stuff together about the secret teachings that started, that go way back to ancient history ancient Egypt and talks about the mystery schools mm. and there is nothing fluffy or new age about this book this right. book is like and it's all about divinity divine the divine source channeling mm. stuff and that is what musicians do and so time, you know that's why for me I, I, I find it really strange there's almost this disconnect with a lot of people because so, here we get to talk like for instance Prince yeah and God plays such an important part and everyone recognizes him as this genius yet there's this kind of disconnect yeah. amongst modern human beings living in a Western society yeah. that you know that somehow that this doesn't play a huge part in the yeah. man his yeah, music's yeah. like oh no he's yeah. just a great musician yeah, yeah, he's amazing you talk about Aretha all these pieces Stevie Wonder yeah, it's no, they there's talk no about, coincidence is no, there? these no guys have a strong relationship yeah. to they're conduits and yeah. that's the thing about music that it's it's like it's a bit like isn't it it's a bit like you know the sort it's dialing into that frequency Absolutely. it's how you how you how you get into this how you become a conduit for the source that thing god whatever you want to call it yeah. you know many different words for it Absolutely. but it's really um i'm glad i got that off my chest <laughs> it's been it's a, been in my bonnet for a while but yeah. you have you know it's like it's so great to see that in acknowledgement. Yeah, about, it was really important for me to do that, you know. For somebody who's so hip as you, I mean, oh, you know, people who yeah, are hip and God don't nice, usually, it? it's yeah. not usually because, yeah. you know, but but you're hip, you're cool, but also it's like this other side. And I know from you, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the friendship, that there's a there's a huge kind of, there's another side of it, that yeah. the spiritual dynamic. Absolutely, yeah, um, God, I would be lost without it. And, yeah, it's it's so interesting. Uh, yeah, I totally sort of identify and have my own versions of those experiences. Yeah. Like it's really interesting. It's almost like a sort of mirror image in some ways. But yeah, you know, language is incredibly limiting. And, and mm. I don't know. It's the Greeks. The Greeks had fifty odd different. The ancient Greeks had fifty odd different words for love. Yeah, there you go. And we have. We get like. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, one thing that I've loved doing is like you can freak people out really easily, <laughs> and I've, I've freaked out school friends. And I, because I don't drink anymore, yeah. and I, I'm like, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, before it used to take like a, a massive amount of alcohol. To yeah. Be like, yeah. Well, I fucking love you. <laughs> you know, and it would get to that moment like three o'clock in the morning. Well, I kind of yeah. bypass that, and it's yeah, so yeah. good because you can freak someone out. <laughs> By saying, do you know what? I and especially other guys, you know, yeah, I yeah. really fucking love you. Yeah, You're yeah, brilliant. They yeah. go, oh! uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love you too, mate. Yeah, uh, exactly. uh, patting you on the back from a slight distance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like, uh, yeah. Get yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but you know, you're right. Language is so limiting, and it we're really so is. kind of. You know, it's so nice to free oneself of those shackles and go like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you might react like that. I, I exactly. love you. you exactly. Know. Yeah. But so. it's not the same love as I have for my lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lady love, that's a whole different thing, <laughs> listeners. Yeah.
about another record. Yeah. I've, 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 yeah, I've waffled. I'm not oh, waffled, but I've talked so much. That's great. I love it. I just, yeah. Um, I don't know. This, three, yeah, four, I feel and like five. A, Let's get a three, four, three, crack four, them five. out. Yeah, come on. Oh, jeez. Okay, so All being, right. being to We've got Grace Jones. We've got, we've had, yeah, Grace, Grace Jones. We've got Prince in there for, for sure. Yeah. You know, I guess thinking about in a slightly nostalgic, like formative way, um, Miles Davis. Yeah. You know, any that's, particular album. I love so many of his yeah. his records, uh, um, but for like the formative thing, I guess you know, kind of blue was like a oh. very formative. You know, yeah. I, I I had this thing when I started learning about jazz. I, <laughs> that was because I was playing the guitar and I was like into blues and rock and yeah. sort of self-taught and was into like Hendrix and Steve Ray Vaughan and John Lee Hooker and I'd sort of play along to those records and sort of teach myself and then I ended up at school um, in South London, Pimlico, and I had this great teacher. Suddenly I had access to this great teacher who was one of my heroes, a guy called John Paracelli, who's played on lots of records that I had, and he's an amazing musician. And um, I, I was like, this guy's going to show me how to play jazz. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked in and I was like, what's the jazz scale? <laughs> show me the jazz scale, you know, give me the, the simple narrative that will you know, unlock everything. And like, he just, I just remember sort of shaking his head. And, but we went on this journey over a, a sort of the next year or so where he basically taught me about harmony. Yeah. And um, one of the, we, we would use like compositions to sort of explore things. And sometimes it would be half things that he was writing or, um, you know, he'd pull out classic jazz standards or whatever. And Blue and Green became one that I just, I was just obsessed with this one piece of music for yeah. For a good few years, I'd listen to it and analyse it and try and understand it and play it all the time. Um, I absolutely love that piece of music, and that's on kind of blue. So yeah, yeah that's that's a sort of, has a very special place in my heart. But um, I loved I loved also the stuff he did in the eighties, the crazy like sort of <laughs> fusiony funk stuff, and I, and also the the seventies stuff. I I, um, I was really really lucky to play um, with Jack Dejanet, who who played drums for Miles at wow. various points, and is one of my favourite musicians. And we um, had the chance to play what was apparently Mars's favourite record that he made, which was called Jack Johnson. Oh, yeah, I know. Wow. Was yeah. that his favourite record? Apparently, yeah. Really? It's such a great record. So heavy. Yeah, so, so good. heavy. So, so good. That and really surprises me that's his favourite. Apparently. Favorite record. I heard, I've heard this from a few different sources. Right. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe that's an urban myth. No. But I can sort of imagine it because of his obsession with boxing. And, yeah, that's um, okay, right. Absolutely. And, yeah, and that album was... Um, made as a soundtrack to this very unique film about the life of Jack Johnson, the, yeah. the, the boxer. And um, He was the first black heavyweight champion of yeah, the world, wasn't he? Yeah, who had the most extraordinary life, like, yeah. you know, sort of married into, like, French aristocracy, lost all his money, made more money, won titles, like, maybe was a spy during the Second World War. This was one of those incredible yeah. stories. And some, uh, the, the film had never been screened in the UK, and... and um, someone got their hands on it yeah. and showed it at the Barbican and we played the soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I kind of... It was another, like, meet your heroes moment, but, wow. like, playing, playing with Jack Jeanette and going, this sounds exactly like the record. Oh, yeah, it's because <laughs> you are the record, you know? So <laughs> we just need miles to be, like, beamed in. And, wow. Um, yeah, it was a really, really special experience. But, you know, so I, I love that era yeah. as well and Bitches Brew and yeah. all of that stuff just took me on such a, a journey sonically and just with the freedom and the poise and, like, the, the craft and, like, the... I love that relationship, you know, 
between sort of risk and control, you know, yeah. it's like it feels like to me in a way that's everything, you know, it's what I think about, you know, coming to your gig, whatever, you know, contemporaries of mine who I really admire, it's just you you see that understanding and that relationship to yeah. you know knowing that actually you know I have a responsibility here if I'm like playing for people and I want to be good at what I do yeah. but actually I also want to be able to just completely let go yeah. I I love music where I feel that kind of risk yeah. and freedom and and that stuff is you know I think that's why I really identified with jazz I know it can be like a problematic form for some people but for me it it sort of encapsulated that you have this incredible level of skill and craft but then my fav my favorite jazz musicians have the ability to just let go of that yeah like that's what miles always said wasn't it that mm. you know he said when someone joined his band he said you've got to forget everything yeah you know you, yeah. you forget almost like you forget your theory and just let pour it out yeah i mean i love that period as well because i mean you know sonically i just i mean when you've got ridiculous. things like the roads and electric yeah. guitar coming in with his with his sound and drummers and, mm. and that era of recording was yeah, extraordinary. Very, very special. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Thank you. 
something well, I, I do want to ask yeah, you something because okay. I, right. I don't know yeah i'm just thinking about how important how important this stuff is like mm. how important it is for me and i know you um you know i guess i'm i'm always thinking about how to nurture that in myself how to like cultivate it um, i'm hoping that i'm growing i'm hoping i'm getting better at, at identifying you know the pitfalls and i guess just sustaining a life that is about being able to do what's important yeah. to you and what you really, really believe in. And I don't know, I was thinking about for someone, say, in your position, for want of a better expression, but mm-hmm. I think it, you know, something that seeing you guys play the other night was sort of a really like, almost unexpectedly transcendental experience. Like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm not ashamed to admit you guys have also changed my life, but... Um, you know, it's that thing. I'm a musician. I go to gigs. I was yeah. like, it's probably going to be a great gig. <laughs> but, you know, it might not be. It's, like, it's, it's fine. I'm just really happy that I'm I'm there and I feel really lucky to be here. But then yeah. there's like two tunes in and I was crying. It's proper hanky time. And like, you know, but it's, it, I don't know. I just think it's so, there's something so moving to for me that you guys are, uh, basically still doing it yeah. and um by that i mean something of real value and actually you know it would be easy to make a presumption you know to be presumptuous about how easy or difficult that might be like i don't know it's like 
to to sustain that basically and i don't know i'm trying to think what i'm actually trying to ask you i suppose are you asking how you do it you uh, well i think so i think i'm asking what how yeah how do you do it like how what's what i'm i think i sort of know some of the answers because i think it's about some of the stuff we've been talking yeah, about yeah. what are the what are the key things but also um is i don't know it's like well i kind of want to sort of say how grateful I am for that because it's such a great example you know because it's what I believe in and yeah. I do believe that it is possible yeah. Yeah. but I do think you guys are in a unique position where that there must be an even greater sort of weird kind of complexity to actually being able to or maybe it's maybe it's not maybe or maybe it oscillates between a kind of sense of like we're actually in a pretty free place so we yeah. can sort of do what we want yeah but then you, you know you're sort of one of the biggest bands in the world so it'd be could be terrifying or weird or I don't know but it's like you're still doing it it's like how do you do that well I mean I think it's actually I mean like you I think in life you can reduce things quite simply and mm. I think the key is what do you feel right and you feel you listen to your heart and you follow your heart mm. and what's your truth you know what yeah. do you you know I mean we've n I, I don't think there's ever been any fear of like going well, we just if we're not feeling it we won't do it right you know it's yeah. very very simple yeah, yeah you know yeah. there's no kind of like career path going on yeah, yeah i mean maybe in the early days there was a kind of there was momentum and inertia that you know mm -hmm. we were able to get we had to keep on it until the end of okay computer because then that gave us a bit of breathing space mm. but it's a, it's about an honesty and it's about um you know I think all these things like being honest, being truthful, I mean, the thing is, is follow your heart, follow your gut, mm. whatever you want, the heart can be in your tummy, but following your heart. And the key thing is, is to keep your heart in a good place. And that's the thing that a lot of people get, you know, they mm. get slightly sidetracked by. And I've seen, you know, we've all seen it. I've seen friends do it. I've seen mm. bands who are really respected, artists or whatever like that. And I think in order to keep your heart in a good place, you know, you just got to be aware of the bigger picture. The yeah. bigger picture is, okay, what I always used to say is like, I mean, humility and being is, is, is an important part, but I mean, it's not really hard to be humble if A, you know, you're aware of your limitations and, you know, believe me, we're aware of our limitations. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I mean, the, the, the hand that we've been dealt and the hand that I've been dealt and the rest of us have been dealt is extraordinary. Mm. I mean, we could have been born, I could have been born in Syria, mm. you know, five years ago. Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't. I was, I was in the right place at the right time. You know, if, I'd been, if we'd been a band a hundred years ago, we'd been traveling from town to town, sleeping on people's floors. Mm -hmm. And we probably wouldn't have been, you know, one of the great bands, mm. we, you know. But I think I like that image. There's there's a BBC drama in the making there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of peaky blindedness, but without Pe all the violence. Yeah, exactly. Um, like a sort of Wolf Hall. Kind yeah, of. Wolf Hall, exactly. Kind of lots of hay nonny nose and, and pig's bladders being beaten. We could have been like, you know, we could have been like one of those. Um, well, we grew up with Morris dancing around us in yeah. deepest Oxfordshire. You know, there was a lot of Morris dancing on, on pubs on us Sunday when you sat outside. Um, <laughs> something to think about something, incorporating exactly, maybe in, in the, the tour yeah i don't sure. know the next album I don't know. yeah um so <laughs> circumstances luck the hand that you've been dealt and also i love one of my favorite things in the last four years is it's also trying to contextualize where we are as you know humanity and um 
there was Carl Sagan. Did you remember? You're probably too young. There was this amazing TV series when we were young called Cosmos by Carl Sagan. No, I don't. Did you know no. about Carl Sagan? No. Okay. He's, me. okay there, he There's this amazing photo. He wrote this. Po he wrote this. One of his books that came out. He was. He was. A, he was a. An astronomer. He was involved with NASA, American, and he basically in the 80s he did this TV series, 18 parts about the planet and where we are. And this came out in about I think it came out in the summer of 1981. So we, you know, the height of the Cold War. He's an American, and he basically he write he wrote he basically it was deeply polemic this this uh, series as well as being about our planet and the stars and everything. Mm. It's like he was basically saying, for God's sake. But your heads together. We are tiny. We're one tiny speck, you know, on, yeah. in, in this multiverse, not even universe. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's this wonderful, my favorite image of the last four years that I kind of really got influenced by was this thing called the, um, and he came up with this term called the pale blue dot. And the pale blue dot is a photo of the Earth taken by Voyager 2 from the far extremities of the, of, our solar system. So what happened was Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 went up in the 70s. Mm. I think they're about 12 months apart. And they were supposed to take images, photos of, uh, I think, the rings of Saturn and maybe Uranus. Anyway, these things are incredible. They carried on working. Mm. So Carl Sagan was part of the NASA team. They're like, well, what are we going to do with these things? These things are still working and they can still beam back images. Mm. So they were like, Carl Sagan's like, why don't we get the, the photo taken of the Earth from the furthest place that's ever been taken. Mm. So Voyager, so they program it, and anyway, in 19, I think it's 91, this thing has still been going for 20 odd years, or less than 20 years, and it takes this photo, and there's this speck on the planet, and it's an arrow, and it's a pale blue dot, and that is Earth. And he writes this beautiful piece about every war, that every lover that's been mm. yielded, and just a very, very, very huge, human loving not even scientific mm. but saying it all took place on this on that, tiny on that thing. and that thing about like the bigger picture what is the bigger picture mm. that for me anyway is a huge <laughs> huge thing and you know I, 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 I that coupled with feeling incredibly blessed and incredibly grateful you know and I, I listen it wasn't always like this I mean you know I did wake up one day and go like Oh my God! Mm. The glass is half full rather than mm. being half mm -hmm. empty. It was like, oh my God, I'm I'm living the dream. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had this I had this thing for years because my mates and from college and school or whatever, you know, I was on this kind of trajectory and I felt guilty and I sort of used to play it down a bit because mm. no, well, I did play it down a lot and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. And I would mm. try and do in inverted commas, yeah, normal of. things. Yeah. And then I, I realized about it was nine years ago. And I was just like, hang on a sec, I've got this all wrong. It's upside down. My friends, and if they're good friends, they want to live vicariously through me. I yeah. have one, I've been dealt this incredible set of hands, mm. and I think we all recognize this within the band. Mm. Our obligation is to live an extraordinary life. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you become a wanker necessarily, <laughs> though I'm sure many people probably think I am. <laughs> But um, I beg to differ. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I beg to, no, but it's that thing about being a human being. And I think also the wonderful thing about music, and you know this, is the moment 
you get arrogant. It's like it's like dealing with the invisible world. I, I always think it's like you know the the, the poets and still some writers talk about the you know drawing in the muses. Mm -hmm. You know the, yeah. for inspiration, they're part of the invisible world. You mm -hmm. know, and I always think it's quite similar to that. You have to bring in your other team on the other side. Sure. You know, in a way. And there's no, you know, I'm not doing Ouija boards. Yeah. It's just like you know, <laughs> I'm just saying this is there's another side to it. Sure. And. As long as you, and it's a, it's almost like a karmic thing. So if you come across, if you lose it, and there are lots of ways to lose it, and I've definitely lost it at times. Mm. You know, you're taking the wrong things. You might be living the wrong kind of lifestyle. Those mm. things will, 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 you'll dry up. Because the great thing about music is it will kick you up the arse. Mm. And it's it's such a pure. Um, you know, it's such a litmus test. In no immediate, you know, this whole thing about writer's block and stuff like mm. that. This stuff will happen if you're not ready. Mm -hmm. It might be that you're not personally ready. Maybe because you haven't earned your your invisible team to come sure, and join you. You sure, know, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I really, 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 I don't just believe it. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah, you know, yeah, in you a know, way, you kind of know it. Yeah, yeah, you know it. You know it. Yeah, and you know, and like, mm. and so it, it, it's it's like. And part of that, getting those, you know, being in that place is humility, and it's 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 all those things. It's love in your heart, you mm. know. It's having, you know, and I, I mean, I can say this. I have no, I, 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 you know, I've struggled along the way with aspects of what it would mean to be a famous person. Fortunately, I'm not in a famous. I'm not a famous person. It's different with Tom, sure. but I'm in a kind of a, a well-known band. However. I wouldn't do this if I couldn't get on the underground, if I couldn't have normal conversations. Mm. And that for me, like going to Glastonbury, one mm. of the joys is, I think, is that nobody, you know, there's something that happens with Glastonbury that nobody's shy about anything. So you just talk about it, people come up and they know who you are, yeah, yeah. a fan, but you just yeah. have normal conversations. And that, that's about living and being a human being on the planet is the most important thing. Sure. And like you said, and connecting with people, yeah. you know, of all ages, of all. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that I mean, I don't think it's rocket science. Sure. I think, but I think the trouble is that the industry doesn't like you being that. It wants you to go to lots of award ceremonies. It wants to, mm -hmm. you know, blow smoke up your ass. And you know, it's been great going out and doing these gigs, and people have said lovely, lovely things mm. about it. But you know, I was talking with Tom and I were talking about this uh, on <laughs> on Friday, kind of during the day after a sound check. In Barcelona, and we're just talking about it, and you know, it's very normal, and it's not like we don't big it up. Mm -hmm. It's very kind of it's what we do. This is what you. It's do. what you do, so, yeah. and it's only people on the outside. You know, they, you know, there's some kind of witchcraft, or there's you know juju mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, going yeah. On. Them. <laughs> yeah. And I guess there is. It's just you know, you're playing music with your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, mm. uh, it's, it is what it is, and it's only. You have to you have to learn the art of discernment. Mm -hmm. You have to know when people are bigging you up, and you go, "Thank you very much." But you know, that's those aren't the things that make me happy. Those mm -hmm. aren't the, you know. I'm very happy when people are genuine and they're moved, and that makes happy. But mm. it's not, you know, it's not. It, 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 it's a feeling within that you know when you've you've done you've done good or you've done sure. you do, not done good, but you've you're you're on the right path. Yeah, you're where you're kind and you're of constantly meant to be. learning. I mean, that's the other thing about mm. life, isn't it? It's about your learning. It's about, it's a journey. You know, where I am now, where you are now, is very different from, 
you know, where you were five years ago Absolutely. and you're just absorbing it. And yeah. we're very lucky as human beings, as musicians, because we can process this shit mm -hmm. through us, cut yeah, through our yeah, work. Yeah. And we are so lucky that most people don't have that. And I think that's the other thing. Just remember how lucky, 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 lucky mm. we are mm. to be able to do this. Mm. And if you follow your heart, and, it, and, and your heart doesn't always tell you the, what you think are the you know yeah, yeah. the most you know the correct way of or the, or the societal way of doing things but mm. if you follow your heart and you stay true to that you know it's it's pretty extraordinary it's mm. pretty it's, it's, it's an, an exciting place yeah. to be I'm Jack Johnson heavyweight champion of the world I'm black they never let me forget it I'm black all right I'll never let them forget it Number four. Number four. Oh, this is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is really hard. Cracking the whip here. Yeah, yeah. This is so. Suddenly you've gone into this sort of hardcore, hardcore interviewing mode. Yeah, funk, funk, funk. Is there anything would you like, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the funk is. is yeah, who are, your, who are your kind of funk heroes? Obviously, Prince. Prince, yeah. yeah. Prince kind of, you know. You went, and were there any from the 70s where funk sort of came out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a lot, like everything from sort of Parliament yeah. and Funkadelic to yeah. you know, James Brown, obviously, yeah. like as a kid, like James Brown was just that? like spoke to me. So, yeah. you know, this. Yeah, I'm, Would I'm, you do all the dance steps as a little kid? Were you kind of like yeah. into all of that? Well, like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely that that relationship, the whole thing of rhythm and what that does to you. Um, I was completely fascinated by that. And I, I'll always remember having a really kind of important conversation I had with Tom Herbert where I kind of was like, yes, this this guy is, he, he's he's a keeper. You know, we used to, I used to go around to his house after those, those workshops on the weekend and we would often just hang out and play music together, more music, listen to music. And I remember him saying to me, I love listening to James Brown records and just trying to work out why it's making me feel like this. You know, why do I feel so good? And like, why, why do I want to dance? And like, what is that? Yeah, what is it's, it? What is it that's doing it? And I was just like, that's so cool that you're like, that's what you're thinking about. So would you kind of like, would, would you, you kind of like work, would you kind of sort of notate it and trying to start from that or was it? No, it was, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it would just happen already. Yeah. You know, we'd just sit and play, you know, I had that thing, I'd sit and just play along with my yeah. favorite records and that's yeah. kind of how I learned to play. You know, Tom was interesting. He, he grew up playing various instruments. He played like the violin and a bit of piano and eventually sort of stumbled on the bass and realised he was a god. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I am god of the low, low end. Um, so, yeah, uh, he, he, I guess, maybe had some more formal training than me. He went to the Guildhall and whatever but he just always had that attitude it was very open and it was it seemed to be, it was always about the important stuff and I guess meeting people like that and then having le lessons with like John Paracelli who he was such a great teacher for me because uh, you know I, I'm not someone who responds that well to institutional formal structures and what you know I was I was sort of playing the guitar quite intuitively and really happy but just wanting to kind of grow and he sort of knew as I think good teachers do he knew how to reach that yeah and show he was kind of like you you know someone once said to me you know education it should be like rather than do this exercise you know and whatever in a kind of detached and joyless way it's like well, you're really thirsty look here's if you pick up this spade and dig a well you'll basically yeah. be able to drink you yeah, know? yeah and so he had this way of connecting this information to what yeah. i loved so i didn't fear it i wasn't like oh, i'm gonna like lose 
everything is my edge if yeah. I learn about like harmony or if I you know so he sort of gave me these tools to understand the music teachers make you yeah so what you the exercises that you're doing there is a reason for this exactly and you become self-empowered exactly and self-motivated yeah it's like connected to that to that intention so I was just yeah so lucky to, to have all of that but yeah we'd, we'd do that whether it was a, a funk record or like whether it was hip-hop or whether it was um, you know, jazz, it, we'd always sort of bring that. We'd want to understand it, but in a kind of, in a way, not in a sort of intellectual way, I suppose, yeah. understand it in, in uh, by internalising it in some way. Do you know but, what I mean? But that's, like, that's the key, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm not a fan of head music. No. And I don't like head, in fact, I don't like head music. Heart music's what I like. And yeah. That's, and it's the way that something makes you feel. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's that's the key. Yeah, it should all be a, a, means, yeah. a means to that end, whatever tools you're using yeah. and however you choose to use them. And that's interesting as well. It can be a point of interest, but it's not the it's not thing. The thing. You know, yeah, and that's that's always been the way for me. Yeah, and then I guess, you know, people like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and yeah. that whole thing, you know, as as much as I see the limitations of words, I, I love them as well and I love language and, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with limitations. I think beautiful things come out of limitation, but it's interesting, like, people who explore that world, to me, is that's really fascinating as well. And yeah, I had a, I had a, 
a deep journey phase, like in, yeah. in like, like early twenties or something. And yeah, so there's she's, there's all these. Yeah. yeah, I mean she's yeah, I mean lyrically and musically, she's ex again another extraordinary. You know, talking about just the good. Yeah, she's the good. You know, just just the good stuff. Just before our love got lost, you said. I am as constant as a northern star And I said Constantly in the darkness Where's that at? If you want me, I'll be in the bar On the back of a cartoon coaster In a blue TV screen light I drew a map of Canada When you said it was going to be a jazz odyssey, I thought, oh, okay. I, I had images of like earth, wind and fire pre, yeah. you know, disco days. Yeah, yeah. It's really great. I mean, I don't hear much guitar on it, yeah. which is really, so lots of keys yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. You've kind of, you've made a, you've made a record that, that is, is funk, but also it, it has a, a sonic quality um, that, and a, and a feeling that not a lot of modern records do, I think. My, one of my bugbears, and I don't mean to get negative here for it, <laughs> but, but one of the things, I think there are so many bitty records that sonically mm. don't sound good. And, mm. you know, I guess this wasn't recorded on tape. I guess this was recorded in Pro Tools and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And But you've managed to do something out of a computer which is actually quite hard to do. And one of my bugbears is a lot of the music that comes out of computers and stuff like that, there's something about, you know, it's the plugins, it's the yeah, plugins, sort of the plugin delays, the plugin yeah. reverbs, and yeah. you've you've not made me, you know, I've not winced and gone, oh, I don't like it's, yeah, it. Sounds, yeah. you know, it sounds like the keyboards and stuff like that sound sonically like they could have come out of a box. Yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I'm just, you know, and I love. I, lo I love what you do lyrically in terms of, you know, like you said that to me, my favorite lyrics, I mean, I love, you know, well, I don't, do I really love? No, I really respect and there are elements of like Bob Dylan that I love and, sure, you know, sure. and Leonard Cohen and, yeah, yeah, those. you know, the wordy people. Yeah. And they're, they're more like poets. Mm -hmm. But for me, the, mus the music that resonates same with me is, is, the, the ones that deal with sort of universal themes. You might have heard that word used on a hundred other songs. Sure, sure. But because it's, it's the right word, it's the yeah, right phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've done it really, you've done it beautifully. And I think you, you know, you. just distilled it really. And I'm really, I'm really 
The other thing is, I'm really curious to see how it, how you do it live. Come and see a gig. Yeah. Are you playing come lots on, of keyboards? Come on. Or you Tom, play... Tom plays. Tom plays. Yeah, the Tom plays the keyboards. I'm, yeah. I am playing guitar. I make quite guitar. weird sounds. Great. With guitar. Great. Um, yeah. There's there's actually sort of weirdly like in the live thing. It's there's more shredding than like, great. Anticipated. I, I think well, you see. Yeah. I, I've only seen you once live. Yeah. I can't. I don't understand why I am. But on the last <laughs> album, which I love, Risper. Yeah. But um, I love that moment. You know, I told you yeah, yeah. when, like, you're about six, seven songs in, and suddenly you let go, and it's like, fuck. It's yeah, so it's powerful. It's stuff. really, really important mm. because it's that thing you're in the moment. You, you're taking some. You're, you're doing. You're extrapolating. You're doing that thing that Prince would have done. Or, exactly. You know, any of the lead guitarists. You yeah. just you're expressing yourself in that moment. Yeah, we're always trying to find that that balance. You know, it's really of. important between because you can get too. I think it's that 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 that's the that it's it's the balance, isn't it? Having the maybe the 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 the, the rigidity. Or the or the structure of a sound or, a, or an arrangement, but you, to have moments within a song that you can be completely and utterly free, free. in the moment. So yeah, we we live for that stuff. Yeah, we're always you know because we yeah we really value both of those things, yeah. and so we sort of look look for that in the music for sure. And it's hard to harness that on a record, isn't it? I mean, it's really basic. hard. Yeah, what you guys do, which you do very successfully, and you have arrangements and you mm. have songs. Um, but to harness the freedom of jazz, yeah, in um, that and that's where that. you come from. It's such a hard thing, it's isn't really it? Difficult. And to make a form and to, you know, that's why I, I my, my probably my favourite musicians were, you know, uh, the Motown thing, funk, funk brothers. brothers, yeah. And they just come in and they can play, mm -hmm. but they have the they have the structure of these incredible songs and yeah, arrangements, yeah, these yeah. pop songs, yeah. The economy and just, it's I love that. I mean, that's why jazz musicians and I'm, I'm we aren't jazz, Radiohead aren't jazz. But that's why jazz musicians rule because you can do it. <laughs> yeah. You, and that thing that when you actually simplify yeah. your art, it's it's incredibly powerful that there are moments you simplify and then you can you know, actually just you can let break go. out. Yeah. And that that is to me that's when it gets really exciting. Yes. The, 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 I, I'll be honest here, I, I, I saw Prince twice and once I saw it at the Café de Paris and it was probably because, and so Café de Paris in about 99, sound was rubbish. Yeah. And it was probably because I wasn't even on that musical level. Mm. I couldn't understand it, but it was like, it was like a workout. It was like, you know, when like people are like working out, yeah. pumping iron. It yeah. was, he was just a new power generation. It was interesting because it was very, very, very macho. Mm. And the bits that I love about Prince is when he's really feminine. I mean, yeah, I love, I love yeah. it when he's got, you know, he's got his girl backing band and he's playing yeah. with girls. I think that balance, but he had these big players and they were, and the, you know, the drummer especially, amazing drummer, mm. but like this, Powerhouse, but it Power, was chopsy powerhouse, power chops, and it yeah. was too much. Yeah, it was really, really, it that. was really aggressive and kind of, yeah, and yeah. I didn't like it. So, yeah. I think what you do is you, you guys, you know, big love to you and Leo and Tom for doing something that's oh, just really thanks, beautiful though. and well done on your, you know, your journey. And, and and I love, I love watching you blossom. And we come and play on my record. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know I'm there. I'm already set up. I've been up. badgering you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You don't even know. I just know. want you to come and play some guitar. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else. Oh, it's music to my ears, literally. And, yeah, metaphorically, I would love nothing more. Thanks so much. Thank Anderson. you. I could basically just, yeah. Can we lock the door, actually? Well, we haven't, you know, the other thing is we haven't actually spoken about the record because, you know, we should have, but I, I, you know, I wanted to talk to you more about it and also who the singers are on it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but but that can happen. That can happen happen anytime. This is just, it's so nice to just have a chat. It's just brilliant. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Ed O'Brien from Radiohead interviewing Dave Akumu from The Invisible at The Roundhouse in London. The Invisible album Patience is out now on NinjaTune. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the NinjaTune podcast and we'll be back with more episodes soon.